you want to live a life of freedom and adventure? Are you wanting more than the daily grind? Me too. Welcome to The Emma Lovell Show, a place where we talk about living a life you love now. I'm your host, Emma Lovell, and my number one value is freedom. I've spent the last 14 years running a business and traveling the world, and now I take my husband and toddler along for the adventure too. It's possible and I know you can create a life doing what you truly love as well. This podcast will inspire, motivate, and encourage you to go after your dreams, to create a life you love and to live it now, not wait for retirement or someday in the future. I'll be sharing episodes weekly about how I harmonize business, travel, and self-care. I'll also bring on incredible guests to share their journeys, the wins, the challenges, and how they're creating a life they love. Let's jump in and get dreaming. This is a space for you to manifest a life you love. I would like to acknowledge and recognize Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. I am grateful for the continuing care of the land, waterways and skies where I work, live, listen, learn and play. From here on Yugambeh country and from wherever you are listening, I pay my respects to the elders past and present. so excited today to introduce you to the incredible Susan Reoc, someone I've had the pleasure of hiring to help me with my own website and user experience and who has now become a friend because she is simply awesome. Susan is known for her killer web copy skills and is informed by a decade-long user experience career. Her unique approach has seen her featured in top-tier publications such as Copy Hackers, Writers in Tech, The Freelancers Year, and The Content Byte. And I recently got to see her speak at The Content Byte Summit where she shared all about AI. She has a blog, The UX Copywriter, and a weekly newsletter, The UX Factor, which is a go-to resource for online business owners and copywriters who are looking for the right words and strategies to skyrocket their success. Susan is so full of knowledge and has such a cool story of how she has got to where she is and we can't wait to share it. So let's dive into this episode today. Welcome to the podcast, Susan. Hi, so good to be here, Emma. So good to see you. So let's kick off with, and you know, it was kind of like, oh, I asked this question and I'm like, how do we know each other? How do we know each other? How do we connect? And now we just like, I'm just like, you're the best. I think we connected through our mutual friend, Lindy Alexander, maybe. Yeah. Because she said you're the best. And I was like, (laughs) okay, if Lindy says, then, um, uh, because I'm always raving about Lindy's um, emails and her launching. And she said, well, I did get some help from Susan. And I was like, okay. And so then we did some work together, didn't we? Yes, we did. And that was the beginning. But then that feels like so long ago because I feel like that just kicked off a friendship and we've just been cheering each other on ever yes. since. Yes. And so I just love your social game. Your Instagram game is strong and your word cleverness. And I just really connect with, you know, I someone asked me recently, like, you know, kind of what do you do? And I was like, if you ask me in my heart, I'm a writer. But like, because I'm not necessarily doing writing as work at the moment, like some people are like, you're a writer. And I'm like, yeah, that's where my background comes from. But I'm not writing per se, but I feel like we all are writing. And, and that's what actually I took from your presentation uh, at the Content Bite Summit is like, we're all content creating. Mm. Now. 
And I've just made the choice to not do paid writing for other people because I want to be doing my own writing. So I am putting more effort into my social posts and my blog posts and my newsletter, more storytelling. Yes. And there is so much writing to be done in a business. So even if you do pay someone like myself, because I'm still, I still work for other people and write their websites and some emails and things like that. Even if you are doing that, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be repurposing them into social media posts or quickly having to put up a landing page for a new freebie or, you know, there is just so much writing involved in a business. Um, And so everyone sort of becomes their own copywriter in a way. Yeah. And then people get really stuck on that. Like I'm not a writer and it's like, but what I saw with you working with you was really lovely. And and what some people have seen when I've worked with them is that, that it can be a collaborative approach. Mm-hmm. Copywriting is not creative writing. Like they can't just be like, make up my things for me. And you're like, no, I need information from you. Like, <laughs> yes. I need to copy something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm like it's copying. No, it's not, but it's like, you know, it's like there needs to be something to, to work from. Um, and the better, more, the better the information that we give mm-hmm. or that you can play with Do it. with it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And so it's sort of like I think of it as always coming from, I guess, two places. It's from the business owner or the business and the brand, but then also from their clients and their customers and the users um, is a big part of where you get the really juicy information from. And I have to say, yeah, it was so fantastic because you interviewed my a couple of my clients, which I have asked them questions before, and then they give me the, and I get surveys, speaking of, I've got to do a re- retreat feedback survey for my late, latest one, but I got all that information. I've got a spreadsheet. I probably even sent it to you. I didn't necessarily know how to use it, and it's mm. that I'm just too close to it, and yeah. I know the answers already, uh, but, I, well, I think I know the answers, so... Mm. I didn't know how to use that. And then I'll see like the way Lindy uses it in stories. I see the way you use it in sales pages and I have it all. And then there's something that still stops me Mm. maybe because it's about, you know, my brand really is about me. Um, The service deliverer. I don't know. Maybe there's something that blocks me there, but I just can't see it objectively. Oh, it's, it's hard for everyone. It's hard for me, you know, and this is something like we're both writers and just, Writing about yourself is just a completely different kettle of fish. So I am a big proponent of like get it done the best you can and then show it to someone. And that might mean, you know, launching it before you feel like you're ready to launch it, but that way you get like literal numbers back, like how is this resonating? How can I make it better? Or it might be showing a trusted friend and getting them to read through it or showing like I love, obviously I've got an amazing network of copywriters. I love showing it to other copywriters because just two heads are better than one and anything that you like my emails I just write and I send out right but um you know any kind of like sales page or landing page like it's not usually the first iteration that people are seeing you know they're seeing it other after other people have had a chance to to feed back on it because that's where you really yeah you just can't be too precious about it or you can't put that I guess it's not being too precious but also not putting that pressure on yourself that you have to come up and do it all by yourself you know it is okay to get other people's help. But there's also, I think, like, for me, it was such a big, you know, hiring you was a really big 
um, milestone in my business because mm. I have such a block around that as well. And probably I will have writers listening to this and it's like, but I'm the writer. Mm. So how, and whenever somebody suggested in the past and bless him, my wonderful web developer would suggest copywriting and I would just be so mortally offended. I was like, I'm a writer. I can write things. But I quite frankly wasn't getting it done. And yeah. also, you know, probably not getting the results I wanted either and just mm. It was like if I want this thing out in the world, it's like, cool, I could take the time. I could maybe take six months of procrastinating or I could pay someone and, and then start making sales sooner. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it was a really big, you were the first person I really hired to do that. And I discussed it and I actually had talked about doing contras as well because I do have a lot of writers in my network, but I don't think I don't think it would have been the same. And mm. You know, and then you sort of come into that value issue of like, how much time did they give you for what are you going to do? And da da da. And I'm just, Contra has been an amazing way. I spent the first 10 years of my business doing Contra and pro bono and swap seas and stuff like that and supporting. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'll never ask for help and support again, but there comes a point where it's like, I'm asking people to pay me thousands of dollars to work with me. Mm not investing in this thing myself. And it was just mm -hmm. like going, there's someone over here who their whole shtick is helping you make an amazing sales page. Why am I not paying said person? Okay. Yeah. Enter Susan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so like, I'm so glad you reminded me of that actually, because that must have, you saying that must have stuck in the back of my mind because I've recently just um, launched a new website called the UX Copywriter. And I was just like, I am paying the best web designer I can find to build this thing, right? And not only am I paying that person, I'm also paying someone to develop a really schmick brand. I'm also paying someone else to help me with graphics because visual um, visual aesthetic stuff is not, I am I just cannot do it. <laughs> I mean, I can, but it costs me a lot of effort. And I, I think I had you in the back of my mind of being like, you know, people pay me a lot of money to do what I do best, which is the user experience sort of strategy and the words. And I'm like, I'm going to pay some experts in their field to do what they do best. And it was such a good experience. And when those invoices came in, I paid them with so much joy because I was just like, there is no way I could have done this. Like just no way, no way. Just it's a time thing and time has become mm -hmm. I can even simple thing last night. I was out at, you know, with our colleagues at the Rachel's List party and I was going to get the train or I was going to get an Uber and it was like, mm -hmm. you know, it was later at night too. And I was like, yeah, cool, train and bus and using public transport's great. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to take 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, it possibly if I got all of the right connections or there was an Uber for 18 minutes. And I was like, what's worth more, my sleep and my time or yeah. the dollars? And it's like. I'm having this conversation over $32. You know, yeah. we're talking about a lot more money, but we're also talking about you've got to start seeing things as an investment. And I know that mm. honestly, like I've been in business 14 years. It's like the first 10 years of my business, I didn't invest in myself. And yay, mm -hmm. I, you know, from a point of, you know, being in the black and financially, you know, not telling people to just go flush out cash, but mm. you know, both have proven concepts that we were, we were making sales. We're making significant sales. We yeah. want more sales. So mm. we're not just throwing it. And look, ultimately I still have that page. I cha changed the program, but I don't, uh, so I didn't really ever launch the page with this. I did use some of the copy in other ways, but I, I I'm still standby. I'm so ha happy that I got you on board and I would happily get mm. you on again. And like, even if that paying you was like the leap to 
to to know that I could do that. Yeah. Huge. And, you know, yeah, and I definitely will use that copy in some way. But the process was amazing too. And like doing um a briefing document and doing a like there's just things that probably I do for my clients that you don't get to be on the receiving on. Yeah. Of, and you just won't take yourself through that process. No. That degree that you would a client. Yeah, exactly right. And it's interesting with investments. This is something, and for anyone listening, I'm in a similar situation to you, Emma. It wasn't the first 10 years, but for the first two years, I'd heard, like, you don't need to join any group programs. You you can figure all this stuff out on your own. Like, you know, you don't need to. It's a waste of money, blah, blah, blah. And so I was sort of like trying to figure it out on my own. And I, had, I had success. I had moderate success in the first couple of years of my business. And then I joined my first group program. And it was like my business took off and I was like I cannot believe that it was all there for the taking and I was just like you know trying to save some a couple of bucks which I still try to do like there's a real cheapskate that lives deep deep (laughs) inside me (laughs) um and always has been like I was always someone that saved my pocket money like that's just who I am and I really have to fight against that nature of me but any time I have made an investment in a group program especially I look for programs that have um you know one-on-one support from the people running it I'm actually going to get to know that person and I'm actually going to form this incredible network um it always pays me back in the most amazing ways like but you can never tell what those ways are necessarily going to be and it, it can sort of swing from one end of the spectrum to the other. Like we can go the real cheapskate route and then you see other people who come out the gate investing in everything, paying mm. some whistles and yeah. not having an understanding of how anything works themselves and just paying yes. those for people. That's um, true. And then sort of building this business and going, yay, now they'll come. And you're like, no, you just, um, you've just spent a lot of money. And so there's a sort of a battle, finding the balance. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Not, you know, you don't want to just launch into stuff. But I think there's also more to some of the programs and the things that I've joined. Like people ask me, you know, why am I in Rachel's list? Why am I in all these networks? Why do I join programs? And it's like sometimes it's not necessarily for the content. Yeah. The accountability and the support. Yeah. It's like I've met other colleagues or even clients through joining um, programs. It's to see how it's done. Like you run a program, right? So it's like, yeah. If you hadn't have joined a program, you might not have seen, thought you could run a program. Uh, oh, I like this about it. I don't like that. Or I want yeah. to run a membership, join a membership. Oh, no, I do not want to run a membership. <laughs> that <laughs> is way too much work. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know. And so you're at, you know, if, if you're not participating in it and seeing it. And I just think sometimes as well, like, just friendship. <laughs> like yeah, 100%. Or like, yeah. I'm not alone. There's other people asking these dumbass questions as well. They're not dumb questions. They just, no. How would valid. I know that? How would I know if I didn't ask? How could you know yeah. everything? And we simply do not have time to go out there and learn everything. And nor should you, like we, we go back to that point. You don't need to be an expert in all these things. You're an expert in your space. People mm. come for that. They don't expect you to then be an expert accountant and an expert I don't know, um, live chat person on Instagram, like, you know, that you're very good at it. But (laughs) (laughs) thank you. I don't, that's very nice that you said that about my Instagram. I feel like I've got the words part down with Instagram, but I feel like, like I said, the visual stuff is not my strong point. So if you go to my feed, it is 
Uh, Mess, a graphic designer or a social media marketer would be like, oh, I don't think it is. No, no, because I don't believe in the aesthetic grid necessarily. And I just, Mm. what I've always liked about yours and like you can sit there and make this fancy pants real or do this thing and go like, I'll go and get, go and get my, like I did put lippy on for you, Susan. Uh, It's a podcast. I don't care. But I got put lippy on, you know, you go, oh, the lighting's not right. My hair's not done. The do-do-do-do-do. So then you hold off until the next two weeks when you do look quite nice and then you're sitting there going, what do I say? As opposed to kind of going, jumping on going, oh, I want to make this point and just doing a video and um, you do it and Lindy does it really well too. And she's always like, everyone thinks that their stuff's crap and everyone else's stuff is good. I love the way Lindy does the text, which is, you know, uh, just a picture of something doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. relate to what she's talking about. It's just a lovely picture. You go, oh, a rainbow. And then it's like, something about what people are asking her about her program mm. and I don't know it's like what's that got to do with the price of fish in China but I'm like well I'm watching yeah <laughs> I'm like, engaged oh, all these photos that I'm I've got that you know I think sometimes I get too literal and the same I feel like I have to um you know make the real so schmicko that mm. then you hold off whereas what I love about yours is there are a few seconds they really talk to your audience it's your face so we know who you are. I, and I don't know. The, I feel like they're doing Usually the without makeup. <laughs> Just like, here I am. And they're doing the job though. And like as opposed to somebody, yeah, presenting this thing where they're so glammed up, they paid thousands of dollars, do-do-do, all these like, and then what? Like then do you even get to use them? So I, I just, yeah, I really admire the action taking. Oh, thank you. I'm definitely something that I encourage in my students um, and my clients too is definitely progress perfection. Like I'm just like getting something out there is better than waiting for it to be perfect and getting it out there because that perfect thing just won't ever make it into the world. It doesn't exist. Like it's just such a fallacy, perfection. Well, I feel like it ties into like, so we should probably explain that like UX is user experience, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. in doing that, like you're just listening to your audience and it's something that yes. I'm really focusing on at the moment, which yeah. I quite, despite having a marketing background, have been quite poor at, is that someone is really listening when someone has a question and I'm using a lot of like um, questions in my stories and um, polls and things like that to see what people are asking and saying because there's so much assumed knowledge. I, yes. I know so much, and I'll use my retreats as an example. I know so much about India. I know about Sri Lanka. I know what a retreat's about. I know why you go. I know who I want. I know what I'm trying to say. But then people have questions like, is there going to be internet? And I'm, yeah. just, I'm like, duh. Or like, <laughs> is good? I don't know. Or, is there a vegetarian option? <laughs> duh. Like, but yeah. I, oh my God, that's they don't want to know about the, I don't know, the why they want to know I don't know if the hotel room is a private or a twin I don't know like yeah if if I can help them with international flights like you know but if I don't ask them what their questions are or listen to them when they're saying comments yes trying to like either document it or literally just as soon as somebody asks me a question share something straight away so that I action it um and put it somewhere like keep it somewhere where they want to know because I wasn't, I wasn't listening. I was just pushing, I was pushing content. I wasn't having a conversation. And I know that the people listening are just going to be feeling very validated by that because I think that that is where a lot of people 
are. And there might be a few aha moments going on. So if there are, come and find me or Emma on your DMs and Instagram and come and talk to us about it. Um, but I see it all the time with my clients as well. Like, this is what we want to tell people. And I'm like, yeah, what are people actually asking you though? What is it that they want to hear? And that's where, um, you know, user experience really starts to come in. So if people haven't heard that term UX before, it does stand for user experience. And it's about creating this sort of, conversation with people through your written content where you put something out there you get feedback you iterate you make it better um you make it you make it more aligned to the things that are that are coming into you so it becomes more of a two-way process rather than just a pumping out content that you think is important how did you get into that were you working because like so you were, were working for companies like yeah give us your your my background yeah, yeah. oh it started so long ago <laughs> Like almost 15 years ago, um, I started a company called Booking.com. People might know them. They're a big travel um, company. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't go on there on the daily. <laughs> okay. <laughs> exactly. I started, I was living in Amsterdam, which was amazing. And that's where their headquarters was, maybe still is based, I'm not sure, um, which was amazing. And I got my start in UX there and I was working as a UX writer, something called a UX writer. We weren't called that at the time. That is kind of a new field. Yeah. Um, and so that's now what it's known as. But essentially it's about writing um, it's about looking at the user journey that someone takes on a website um, and about optimizing all the little road signs that help people get to where they want to go. So that's what's known as microcopy. Um, and this field really was developed thinking more of functional websites. So, you know, something like an e-commerce website where you know you're going to book on booking.com. You're not being sold with marketing on booking.com or you're not being sold with marketing on iconic you know or Maya or whatever the the shop is you're like I'm on this website I'm going to buy something here you know is it easy how how can I make this frictionless for someone how can it be just like from start to finish absolutely seamless um or maybe like you want to book a flight or you want to make a bank transfer so like these more kind of functional what are known as digital products and what is a little bit different about what I do and what the UX copywriter is all about is about bringing that same focus to the user journey and microcopy, but also to a marketing website. So how can we on our marketing websites that aren't typically known as, you know, someone trying to do a job, but in a lot of ways, they are trying to do a job. They're trying to find out more about you. They're trying to find out how they can work with you. They want to buy something, maybe one of your digital products or sign up for your newsletter. These are all jobs that people are trying to do in a marketing website. So how can we make it super easy, super flawless? And how can we then support that with really great conversion copywriting messaging too? And that's what UX copywriting um, is kind of all about. So that's kind of like been my journey. So I'm just listening going, so I need to hire Susan to do a review of the website. But also that I'm like, oh, Susan gave me a really nice email back the other day saying I'm loving your content. So I'm like, I think I'm doing good. You are. <laughs> yeah, I've just changed my whole direction and it is like, yeah. and it is that thing of like now it feels, I can see the alignment and I can see where things are fitting in. But I know that that was probably also a realisation that I had is like I wasn't always taking people on the journey. It's mm. just like here it is here it is, mm-hmm. here's the details, here it is, as opposed to like, let me show you this part of it and then let me yeah. show you. Obviously people aren't going to, 
always, especially with socials, sometimes they're going to see one day of it, the other day of it, but like they might come in on day six of you sharing some of the pieces and then yeah. they go, oh, what's this? Oh, let me go back and let me find out. Or they go, hey, I think I've come in the middle of the story. What's the story? But yeah. I kept going, here's the overview. Here's the overview. Here's the And overview. not moving, not moving people on. Not taking them into those micro pieces that you said that micro copy or the micro content like of going this is yeah instead of this big piece I could Mm -hmm. use I've got so much opportunity of content to break it down and again ironically helping a client to launch a retreat for India in February telling her exactly that let's take this piece let's do that bit let's see let's ask ChatGPT to break this up for us and that's 20 posts Mm -hmm. and I'm like come on my retreat Oh my god! <laughs> but I think it's also about um, it's about understanding the role of social media too. So this is something that I talk about a lot with people um, because they're like, you know, if I'm looking at a website, for example, or if you're looking at a social media post, they're like, right, I have to fit everything. I've got a web page, and I've got to fit every single thing on that homepage. And I'm like, no, no, no. This homepage is just one step in a whole process that people are going on. You know while they're engaging with you, like they probably start on a social media post, they sign up to something, they get an email from you. From that email, they maybe go to, you know, whatever, a page on your website. From that page, they go to another page. So here are all those journey, these steps on the journey that people are going on. You don't have to like put everything on every single piece of content. Like there's sort of nowhere for people to go then. Yes. Yes, well, and I think sometimes, yeah, you almost do such a good job of telling everybody everything that they're like, there's no reason to call you or to email you. Yeah. Or, awesome if they buy now, but, like, if we're talking about a really high-end product that maybe they're not high-end service, mm. it might not, you know, just push the buy now button. For a $50, $100 product, of course, you don't want to be having calls and conversations, but if we're talking about a higher-end service or an ongoing program, you potentially do want to have them conversing with you and um yeah but like yeah if you've answered we've answered everything but you've also not probably then compelled them enough no exactly and they're probably not read at all because they've just seen this massive social media (laughs) caption that's like one big block oh it's absolutely find it so challenging when I get an email from someone it's just like this massive slab of copy and you know, if it's someone that I really care about or um, I'm really interested in, I will force myself maybe to read half of it. And I'm like, oh, if you just formatted this differently, like you would have kept people engaged. You don't have time to do all of this, but I would so receive that feedback. Like it's like, and it's a trial and error, like, and especially when you're moving into it. And I see just, you've got to sign up for Susan. We'll pop it in the, like, you've got to sign up for Susan's emails. Even if you don't want UX, like just see, it's like a masterclass in how to write an email. And the same, like you and Lindy, I just, I mean, I can't not open your header. Like you've got these, <laughs> headers, I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Like, why did you write? I thought I died. You're like, what? Like, I don't know. They're just seriously, like sometimes we'll say something. Like, that does sound like something I would write. <laughs> I quit. I'm quitting. And you're like, no, Susan, why? Like, why? And then you're like, you're not quitting. You just wanted to tell a story, but this storytelling and my colleague Jade the photographer I've mm. encouraged her to do it she's actually beautiful with words she's a photographer mm. she's beautiful with words and like the storytelling that comes out of it and it's like everything that happens flight got cancelled the other day that's an EDM you know yep. <laughs> in Bosnia 
that's a newsletter. (laughs) And it's, it's the storytelling and um, which is then makes it actually really enjoyable as opposed to, Oh, I've just got to tell people about my crap again. No, I love that. And I love for anyone who's thinking about like wanting to do the same thing and not, not knowing how to get started. I think like the key is just to have a few things that you consistently talk about. And when you have a few things that you consistently talk about, that way you start to see when something happens in your life, you're like, oh, well, yeah, I can relate this back to UX copywriting amazingly. I can relate almost anything that happens in my life. I'm like, here's the tangent. (laughs) No, but you said that to me as well. And it was like, yeah, I've really, it's only taken however long of people drumming it into me, but that like you really have to hammer home and be talking about, like three things but in different ways and yeah. getting to tell the story and that's I think what I always felt like I was like I'm gonna have to say the same sentence over and over again but you then you go look at McDonald's they just tell us to buy hamburgers in different yeah. ways but they've the same message for however long what's it like 50 years or something 40 years buy a hamburger buy a hamburger but like hey get free fries buy a hamburger <laughs> You know, but also a dollar. Buy a hamburger. <laughs> you've just given such a great illustration, actually, when you were like, I don't know how many people have told me this, but it's finally sunk in a year later that I should just be talking about the same thing over and over again. Okay. So you had to hear that message from several different people multiple times in multiple different ways. And then you know someone will tell it to you in a way that you're just like, oh, that's it, I get it. And it'll be really it'll be like full of resonance for you. But it's also because so many other people have told you it before as well. And it's the same thing with our marketing. Like you keep telling people the same thing in different ways and eventually, you know, it's going to sink in, but it takes a while. Hey, lovely. I want to open the doors to incredible opportunities for you on an all-inclusive luxury retreat exclusively for people who are ready to live a life they love. I invite you to join me for five inspiring nights in sensational Sri Lanka for the Rest and Receive Retreat, hosted from 2nd to 7th of November, 2024, by yours truly, Emma Lovell. I ask you to disconnect your senses and immerse in this exotic culture while you reconnect with yourself. You get to share this luxurious experience with 12 incredible people while forming connections that last a lifetime. I really cannot undersell or overestimate this incredible retreat and the magic of going to a place to give yourself space and time. I want to share it with you. And if you are interested, then please head to my website, emmalovell.au slash Sri Lanka retreat. I'd love to see you there. And I'm happy to chat if you have any questions whatsoever. Please take this opportunity to come along and join me in stunning Sri Lanka. You have to be ready to do it too. Like for me, I think I didn't have the headspace at one point mm. to make the shift. And it does, it mm. does take mm-hmm. it does create take creativity and it takes a habit. And the way that you're we talked about you creating reels, like you're kind of in this habit, but it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's working for you. So keep making them in that way. I you know was used to doing things in a certain way Mm. like it wasn't really working it's like that's the definition of insanity I keep trying the same thing and it's not working um change something but that took took effort it took a little bit like it takes less effort now but that Mm. that 
shift and that change and that wanting to change, that is, I did need to be ready for that. And so people mm. be like, you're going to have to do a little bit of work and we're going to have to restructure things. But what you said before as well about the whole, like how the website, how the newsletters, how the socials all work together, I think people really miss that beat. And it mm-hmm. can, I know how my mind works. Like I can sometimes view the, the map and view the, the arrows and how they go together. And then sometimes it's just like, it's all floating up there in the cloud. It's so, um, I don't know, it's just in the cloud. It's just kind of up there. It's like, how does this actually, how do the dots connect? And you could draw it on a map for me and I still kind of would be like, ah. So having somebody go, this leads to this, leads to that. If you say this, then they go here, then they do that. Like it's a journey. And you're like, oh. Yeah. I was going to say, just put it, I love, um, I've got so many like little scraps of paper all around my desk. I don't have any user journey maps right now, but, and also on my wall, like I just take post-its and I just stick them and reorganize them. I do think it's the way, because I've been doing it for 15 years, it feels in quotation marks um, natural um, for me. And that's how I see content and understand content. But I think it's something I learned, right? Like I didn't come out of the womb. I'm just, I didn't even have internet until, I don't know, how old was I when I had internet for the first time? I must have been in my teens. Yeah. 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 You know, so this is something that you can definitely learn and practice. Um, but, yeah, maybe it takes just a little bit of time to get used to because I think where a lot of copywriters or people that write copy come from are the old school advertising days where things were on billboards or long-term sales letters or you know like it was very much you start at the top you create a logical argument you get to the bottom you know that's how it works and that's just not how it works on a website no changed no each format requires like like you know similar principle but different yeah and I think Mm. people are listening to this and going I'm not a writer I don't want to do all the writing I think where it helps though is like you know like I said it opened the door to me to outsourcing it and to Mm. um, getting it you know, to investing in it so that somebody would help me with it. But also like, I think it's worth having the understanding of it because otherwise Mm. going and you're paying someone to do a website, you're paying someone to do your copy. If they don't actually have UX skills, Mm. if anybody can say that they can write stuff, Mm. like optimize for the space. So if you don't want to necessarily do it, but if you have the understanding, like somebody came to me and presented stuff, I would challenge them go, I don't really that what what's that got to like where's yeah. that gonna help them? Where's there's yeah. that to the puzzle? Like I have that understanding. I wouldn't necessarily be able to do it from scratch, but we can have the conversation of mm-hmm. my my customers need to know this. They need to go here. I'm trying to do that. So it helps just to have that understanding of what you want to achieve. It's not fair for you to go to someone like Susan and just expect it's her, you know, she's very good at it, but to expect her to do all the lifting or to expect a writer or a designer to do everything. And if they don't have that and you don't have that, you're not going to get the result. Mm. Yeah. Even with like, and I use some seriously talented designers for my website, but you know, I was the creative director of that project. You still have to say, like, you have to give loads of examples of what you want it to look like and find inspiration and, um, you know, be like, why is this working in this way? Why doesn't it work in that way? And how's this going to work? And, you know, challenge all those kind of things, provide feedback. And it's, it's time consuming. And I understand why people get frustrated with that kind of, um, with having to do that kind of work. But the 
product that you end up with is just so worth it. It is so worth it. Significant investment. And when you're doing that work, you don't want to be doing it every year or two. Like you do want to be mm-hmm. able to for a while um, and be able to make tweaks and things like that along the way. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you want to get it right. And the less you want the bones to work. Yeah. The information you feed, the better the information, the content you give them the better they're going to be able to give you the result of what you want. We just, you're not mind readers. Nobody's a mind reader. You're very good at pulling out. They should be as well, pulling out the right questions, but, you know, it is a collaborative approach. Now, I would love to keep you here forever but because we could just talk forever. But oh, uh, tell me just, you know, a little question. What does living a life you love look like? Yes, I find this a very tricky question because I do believe that I live a life that I love and I feel like, I'm going to give you two answers because I'm going to give you a superficial answer and then okay. I'm going to give you like a deep answer. Oh, I love it. Going on so, a journey, people. We, yeah, here we go. Um, so living a life that I love superficially day-to-day means getting out in nature, going to the beach. I live at the beach. Going to the beach, um, raising my heartbeat somehow, getting some kind of cardio in, getting lots of hugs from my little girls and my husband um, and being in a home that I really, really love. took me, I think I've moved something like 33 times in my life. I've moved across three continents, um, uh, three countries, sorry, not three continents. Um, But I finally at 40 found a home that I'm really joyful in and feels really comfortable. So that's living a life that I love on a day-to-day basis. Um, Oh, and of course, the reason I can do all that is because I've created a business that gives me freedom and flexibility, which is just amazing. But I think on the deeper um, sort of level, it's about being true to what I really want. And especially as a woman, I think it's taken me 40 years to, to be able to be in touch with what it is that I really want. And I'm talking like micro stuff here, like, do I want to eat a salad or do I want to eat a sandwich? Do I want to sit down on the couch for 10? You know, sometimes I have free time and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I actually I'm so busy all the time. I don't know what I want to do with this 10 minutes. So I've just really been trying to focus on like, yeah, figuring out what it is that I want in life. Do you oh, resonate with that at all? That's like that's exactly what I do with the retreats is I take people yeah. away from the day to day so that actually so you remove all those anchors and those things that all those things that just keep you occupied mm. have the space to go well what is it that I want mm. not the roles or titles that I'm supposed to subscribe to or the job that I'm supposed to do or the shopping that's there or the mugs that need to go away or whatever like you know you know we get this I just woke up this morning and I'm kind of like almost pulled in 17 directions and then look at my calendar I'm talking to Susan in three minutes <laughs> uh you know like that's how a day shouldn't run. It's like, it is, it's mm. what I want to do today. I want to go out in the sun with my son. I want to go here. Um, what do I need to do today to keep my business running? Actually, I could probably, if I did these three things, that would be great. But we yeah. get told by what everybody else is asking us to do. Your inbox is demanding things of you. Mm. And what I saw, um, I love that I hear that you've got to that place and I've seen you demonstrate that because when we worked together, I felt like your boundaries were so clear. I was so respectful of your time because of the way that you put that out and the way you told me that you were going to work 
I need to be available on this day. This is what I'm going to do for you. This is what you're going to do for me. Um, I, I just was like, yeah, it was really clear as kind. I think yes. boundaries and, you know, getting to that point where you can have boundaries. You know, you told me how you wanted to work and also what you were going to deliver to me. I really remembered that process with you and respected that as, as a business owner and as a person. And I can see how, you know, we have to learn that, unfortunately, through mistakes sometimes. Yeah. But seeing it demonstrated, I hope that, you know, that quickly gave me permission and it would give mm. other permission to go, well, if she's asking for what she wants and the way she wants to work, well, why don't I do that with my clients? As opposed to going, here, you can have this or this or this and we can meet yeah. at 10 a.m. or 12 p.m. or tomorrow, whatever you want. And it's like, uh, you know, it was so much better going, I need you to book my podcast. Here's three times. Can you pick three times? I'll choose one. Can you fill in this form? And I'll see you then. Yeah. Everybody knows what they're doing. Exactly. It's such a joy. It's such a joy. People love boundaries, even though they're scary to put in place. Um, people on the receiving end always really appreciate it in my experience. Sometimes I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to set this boundary. And the other person's like, cool. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm allowed to do that. It's this or nothing, which sounds yeah. quite silly, but it's like this is all I have capacity for. So I can deliver my service to you in this way or I can't do it because I can't do it that way. And mm. And it's such a like, it's not a like, it's not, it is hard and fast, but it's also like, it's kind to everyone. It's it like, can be. And it's the delivery, right? Like it's not, it's not, you don't have to be super aggressive. Like this is how it's done. Like you can do it with like, this is how, this is how I roll. And this is how we're going to work together. And this is how we're going to get an amazing result. And everyone's like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. And if they're not meeting those, we heard it at the summit, you know, someone saying, if they can't meet that and they're demonstrating that they're a bit of an asshole and a dickhead, you're like, oh, you really showed me that very early on. So I'm not right for you. Thank you very much. That's one of my no-goes. Um, so you never. Yeah. Um, like if, if people aren't willing to fill in a form for me when we first start working and they just want to jump straight on a call and they just refuse to fill in the form, I'm like, you haven't even seen my briefing document yet, which is like 15 pages. I'm like, you can't fill in like 10 questions. We're not the right match. <laughs> We're not going to work together. Yeah. I just So, yeah, I got to experience that firsthand. And then I love I love the simplicity of it, Susan. I think sometimes people are like, oh, my gosh, I need to have some big lofty goal for living a life I love. And it's like, no, it's just living life on your terms. And what you, we said off air was like what you choose, how you choose to run your business and how I choose to run my business. What is a wonderful day to me doesn't look like a wonderful day to you. But I asked you that question and, I'm asking, well, what does living a life you love look like? And that answer should be different every time and unique to that person. Love it. Okay. How do people find you? How do they go and see all your wonderful things? We'll put it on the show notes, but do tell. Yes. Well, come and check out my reels and see if you agree with Emma <laughs> at Susan Rioch underscore copywriter on Instagram. But if you want any information about UX copywriting, if you're interested in making your website better, if you're interested in, um, you know, just sending EDMs, sending EDMs um, just go to the uxcopywriter.com and it is all super easy to um, navigate. One of my lovely students from my program, Beyond Web Copy, was like, oh, thank goodness you nailed the UX because you would have been in real trouble. And I'm like, I know there was so much pressure on this website. <laughs>
She, she walks the walk, people. She talks the talk. Thank you so much. I could talk to you for hours, but um, yeah, I'm really grateful for um, yeah, your role modeling and uh, you're a delight to work with and I can't wait to work with you again. Yay, me too. Thanks, Emma. Listening, lovely one, I hope this has inspired you to dream big and start creating a life you love today. If you love what you're hearing, don't forget to follow and rate on Spotify and rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. It helps other awesome people to find this podcast and get motivated and inspired as well. Want to stay connected? Come and join the Live A Life You Love group on Facebook or connect with me on Instagram, emmalovell.au. The same as my website, but all the details are in the show notes, lovely. I'll see you next episode for more inspiration, motivation, and freedom seeking. Now go out there and live a life you love.